Thank you. Thanks. Oh, that's good. That's good health juice, mate. All about the health here. It's basically LA. Yeah. <laughs> We're so trendy. Cafes and shit. Is that just... Are you just pouring water there? Is that just hot water? Just pouring piss. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'd like a cup piss. of hot piss, please. Yeah. <laughs> it must be spoiling hot. Oh, it That's does really look important. like a cup of hot piss Doesn't as well. Is that, is that like lemon tea or something? Mint tea. It's mint tea, yeah. 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 <laughs> but I really find that like, when you, you know, digest the piss for a second time, it really helps with the nutrients. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so that's how I get my nutrients. What I do is it's very, very exclusive places like this. Yeah. You come in with your own piss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hand yeah. Hand it to the waiter. He goes, heats it up. <laughs> yes. Not in the microwave. No, does no, it no, 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 no. Boils the it. The chef is stirring for a good 40 to 60 seconds. <laughs> Make sure it's consistent, you know, no, no giant bubbles that form. And then he pours yeah, it onto the teapot for you. Through a strainer. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Strained, hot. Str I'd like a cup of hot yeah. strained piss, please. Inspired Mark by Watership it. Down, all those rabbits. What? You know, <laughs> when they digest their food the second time. <laughs> this is what happens. I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, I don't remember Watership Down clearly. It, def it definitely wasn't. <laughs> don't remember them drinking their own heated piss at any point. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to say, I wanted to be a writer when I was younger and that's well, my goal, to rewrite Watership Down as it truly was. <laughs> what a waste. <laughs> we could have had that story. We use it, what a waste, using waste products. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sorry. I should not have said that. You were so pleased with that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell them. Hello, it's here. It's the final episode in the current season of Making Games is Fun. It's with Anita Wong from Indigo Pearl. Anita works as a PR and we talk about shit and piss a lot for some reason. I blame her. It's absolutely nothing to do with me. Um, we talk about the rubbish jobs Anita's had before she started in PR, how she got into PR, how she got to Indigo Pearl. Um, we talk about her love for fashion and how she'd like to bring fashion into gaming circles more often and in more meaningful ways. We talk about how you can get into PR and why it's an important role and not everyone in PR is evil, maybe, possibly. This was recorded a couple of months ago in a lovely cafe near to where Anita works. It was nice. It's nice to just listen to just the, the idea of being in a social space again. <laughs> so uh, maybe you can get something out of that. Pretend you're in a cafe with us, listening to a chat. This episode will be the last one in the series, as I said, for a little bit, because um, I don't really want to compromise on what the podcast is. It is face-to-face -face interviews on location with people. And although I could continue it as a Skype call sort of thing, there'd be no portraiture and it just wouldn't be the same. So I would rather wait and create a new season and just keep that integrity of the show up. And what I'm going to do is do some different content um, in various forms. It's going to be video. It's going to be other stuff. Um, but I may do a podcast, but I'll, I'll treat it as something a little bit separate. So just watch this space. Quite a few things still undecided on that front. Um, in the meantime, I have changed the Patreon to a monthly subscription now as opposed to per episode because I am planning to do loads of different content under the Making Games is Fun banner, including more streams and other stuff called Playing Games is Fun and just expanding that remit a little bit um, given the circumstances. 
I saw it as an opportunity to do more fun stuff. So as I say, I'm still working that stuff out. But if you head over to Making Games is Fun, the Twitter, and follow us on there. That's Making, M-A-K-I-N, Games is Fun. Then you can keep abreast of the situation. I'm going to leave it there and shut up and allow you to enjoy the latest episode of Making Games is Fun with Anita Wong. So it's absolutely pissing it down outside, speaking of piss. We're in a little cafe, a little side cafe. Can nice. I just say, everyone's going to say this is very on brand, that I've opened a conversation about piss. Yeah, in yeah. about piss in a, in a sort of fancy cafe area. It's all, you know, it's, we're getting to the heart of Anita already before we've even started. That's all you really need to know about me, to be honest. Yeah, we're done. Okay, yeah, yeah. thank you. Short one this week. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We got it done. <laughs> Been to the bathroom. Talked about the piss. I can go oh home dear. now. Thank you very much. That is the so secret I mean, to all my talents. I mean, you know, PR. It's the it's the evil side, isn't it? We are. We're yeah. the villains in the story. The villains yeah. of the story. We, you don't know, but actually, um, we all dress like Mr. Burns. We have <laughs> steeple fingers, and every time a new product comes out, we cackle very loudly. <laughs> that's that's all that really happens. Yeah, just yeah. sat in the in the office, just cackling away. <laughs> that's it. But um. Have you always been a PR human? Uh, when I worked in games, yes. I worked in PR coming up to six years now. Um, but weirdly enough, I actually wanted to be a journalist when I was younger. I had a big stint of writing fiction when I was younger, like oh, yeah. stories. I used to write fan fiction. Like the hot, like the hot piss stories. The hot piss story. The hot and piss. you you got it here as well. You got the exclusive on the Pornhub. On yeah. the Pornhub story too. You got it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that the meat the meat mix? Well, we can't yeah. don't want to give it away because no, you're going to no, copyright no. that yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. that's my new, new big Believe career jump hanging yeah. in the air tantalisingly mm. don't give the game away you know yeah, exactly. like I said Indigo Power alumni Sam Bander went to Blizzard Robbie Patterson Devolver Anita is going to go to Pornhub that's a logical progression it is, it is. But, it um, so, you, so journalism what do you mean games journalism specifically or like just no journal- not even so um, I I, you know what, I really struggled um, with my careers path, um, even though I, I was one of those kids who had a really good track record of studying, <laughs> being Asian and all, kind of factors into that, <laughs> obviously. Um, I chose to do English literature because I used to love reading and um, writing and things. And you know what, that was even a struggle with my family because my mum didn't think it was very suitable for... Um, a career path basically I remember the day right. I really vividly remember the day I told her I wanted to become an author and she said oh so you want to live on the street do you <laughs> <laughs> so my mum was very much the tough love approach bless her heart oh man um, oh my god yeah but um, straight in 
And I, you know what, I had such a muddle about what I wanted to do. I was really into fashion as well when I was 16, so I kind of put those two things together and thought, you know what, I'm going to become a fashion journalist, but I had no bloody clue about what fashion journalism actually meant. Right, okay. I just, I kind of read L and Vogue and I was like, yeah, that sounds amazing, I'm going to do that. And then I kind of thought, I don't actually want to be worrying about skirts for the rest of my life. <laughs> How much is there to say? I mean, come on. Um, yeah. Does it fit? Yes, it fits me. <laughs> I want to pay £3,000 for this. Uh, no, I love fashion. I love it so much. But I, yeah, I don't think I could have done it for a career. I just don't think I had that grip for it, to be honest. I do always feel like extra like extra bit dad when I hang out with you because you're just always so well-dressed or something <laughs> interesting or inventive. And I'm like, hey, I found my best jumper and it's got shit on it because i've got children this is, this is as clean as i get i'm afraid you know so i'm like shit so Aww. yeah so i can see your influences there like but yeah no i was just i was just kind of that kid who kind of i don't know i just, yeah i like to like um dress up i guess when i was younger but i wouldn't say like i don't think even now like i'm one of the best dressed people here like in games even i would say like there's tons of people who dress so well like izzy is is always dressed amazingly there is but you do dress really well but there is Aww. a lot competition in games now a recent guest on this was Anna Hollenrake and have you seen Anna's like yeah like ridiculous sense yes her suits are incredible I love her so much her hair as well is so nice even Robbie Robbie's always really well dressed yeah Robbie yeah he's got a he's got a a niche carved out you know with his sort of like 80s and his sort of like um, western influences but yeah you can put anything on it it's just like yeah it's, yeah it's usually sort of western like yeah, yeah, cowboy exactly. chic right I love going shopping with Robbie he's like a really good guy to go like have fun shopping with we're both like vintage shopping so we do that sometimes that's amazing um, anyway I'm just distracted <laughs> massively that's alright um, we l- love the, this show is about <laughs> tangents it's all good <laughs> and nothing's off limits it's cool <laughs> but um, like I was saying to you earlier like um, I'm just a bit of a wimp about fashion to be honest I, I watched Devil Wears Prada and I realised in my heart of hearts that show was it's true like that show is cutthroat like if you don't love fashion enough then you'll be you won't you won't do well on it essentially so I started looking mm. around for different career paths and um, this is around the time when I just graduated because I wasn't clever enough sadly to do internships in my summer years Yeah. Um, whereas all my friends um, they were kind of looking ahead and lining those up and I spent my <laughs> working in a retail store basically just to get some money and yeah so when I graduated I was kind of at a at a loss just thinking about what I should do next fell into a couple of internships which were not really that interesting um, and the next best thing that happened to me was signing up for an internship at Indigo Pal. Um, spent a month there and um, Caroline was amazing enough to say, look, we want to take you on. Do you want to do this? I said, absolutely. I was like, I want to do this 100%. So how did you end up at Indigo Pearl from there? Like, what, how did you find it? How did you see it? Like, mm. So I went and joined an internship company called Inspiring Interns. Okay. Um, they're based in London. Um, I think they only have the one branch. They could, I could be wrong. I think they have another one in Manchester too, maybe. Um, but basically, they are all they do. You go there; it's completely free. It's an amazing service. Um, I feel like I should be sponsored by them now. Obviously. <laughs> um, and they ask you to make a video CV, which is basically just like a short minute where you reel off your achievements, sending your actual CV to you, obviously, and they will ask you what you're interested in, what kind of industries, and they'll just offer a bunch to you. And you can uh, you can specify if you want paid or unpaid as well. It's kind of an amazing service. Okay. Yeah. And one of the first things that fell into my lap was Indigo Pal. I saw it talked about gaming, and I had never, ever even contemplated gaming as a career. Never. 
Right, this is interesting. Yeah. This is what comes up quite a lot. Like, of course, yeah. So, so you weren't necessarily looking for a gaming-centric role. No. But yeah. you were pleased to see it, basically. Yeah, um, I had ties to gaming from when I was a kid. Um, I used to play on PlayStation 1 with my brother all the time. I have really amazing memories of that and being on the DS, like long uh -huh. car journeys of Pokemon and stuff like that. But honest to God, um, what with my upbringing too, um, my family and, and my school, you know, actually, never made it really clear to me that gaming was an industry I could work in. It never, ever occurred to me until I saw it then. I yeah. knew that I wanted to do something creative. I knew I didn't just want to work in an office all day, although obviously I do now. I, just, I knew <laughs> I didn't want to do something generic. Um, right. Like accountancy or I'm, I'm so sorry if accountancy is a job for you but it, it wasn't for me they've all, they've all, they've all <laughs> logged off and logged off oh, alright granddad they've all switched <laughs> off logged off they've logged off the podcast fucking hell <laughs> unbelievable yeah they've all, um, they've all tuned, tuned out <laughs> that's it you've dropped half changed the, the radio station <laughs> <laughs> I've just made that happen you've lost yeah, the yeah. now yeah <laughs> Um, um, yeah, you I mean you want you want something with a bit of flair, like a bit of creative flair, with a bit of personality yeah, attached to it. Exactly. I I wanted to do something creative. I just didn't know what. But the second I saw gaming, I thought I can do this. I thought you know, I, even though I felt like there are so many many more people who are qualified than me, so many people who know many more games than me, and I I still feel like that honestly. But I knew it was a field that I could definitely explore and definitely find my niche in, so I said yes to that hmm. internship. Hmm. Um, and a month later, I got hired, which was incredible in nice. its own right, to be honest. Yeah. That's really cool. So, like, t talk to me about your first day going in, like, into... Am uh, I allowed to swear? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry, Caroline, but this is an amazing anecdote, so I can't pass <laughs> it up. I went to my interview, and I met Caroline, who is my amazing MD, and she sat yep. me down for a very nice casual interview. She was just saying, like, what have you, you know, what have you been doing lately? What are you interested in? And uh, recently I've been watching a lot of Stuart Lee. He does this bit about Guildford, which is the town where I'm from. And he says, oh, yeah. no, lol. Everyone from Guildford's a bit of a wanker, aren't they? Yeah. And I, <laughs> it's true, by the way. <laughs> and I just repeated this. To yeah. Count on. I thought, oh, what a great, what a great story. Went home. On the way home, I said, I thought, I said wankers on my interview. <laughs> oh, no. I think I fucked that up, haven't I? Yeah. I called my friend who's a teacher and I said, just sworn in my interview do you think I do you think I've ruined it <laughs> and uh, she went yeah you definitely fucked it up yeah. so I was like oh no she, uh, Caroline called me the next day she went can you come in I was like yeah of course amazed yeah. uh, I, mean, I remember coming in and she was on the phone at the time when I walked in and she was on the phone so she gestures to me just to sit down she's like go on just pop yourself there I'll be with you in a second she finished up her phone call I don't know who she was on the phone to but she went yeah yeah well yeah you fucking cunt and she slams the phone down <laughs> and I was like that's it I've made it I'm home <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> oh, yes, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I can see that. Yeah. I can see that happening. It was, yeah, it was amazing. That makes so amazing. much sense. Yeah. It just, it honestly, it did drive home the fact I felt very, I did belong there, basically. Well, I mean, it's, yeah, it's funny that because you just, you dropped that in and basically that was, that would have been a, like a real indicator. She's like, yeah, there's a culture fit here. I think she'll be fine, right? <laughs> Yeah. Like totally. You know, actually, in my interview as well, I met. Um, I didn't know it then, but like Robbie, my then colleague, he walked past me with a stinking hangover. 
<laughs> you can like smell the booze off him. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't know. Mr. Patterson. Yeah, that's another thing to another cultural white thing to fit into. It's quite. It does feel like quite a PR thing. That whole lifestyle, right? Like the booze, the swearing. Yeah, the, the fashion. being out. Like <laughs> you guys, like you guys are out all the time. Like I always see it on the. Uh, on the yeah. socials if you <laughs> I, I, know I don't feel like we're all out no, all the time sorry yeah I feel like there are definitely when I say all the time that's from my perspective but later <laughs> on in life where like yeah. going out is uh, like right we're going to plan it so it's going to be on the 21st on in three <laughs> weeks to see who's around do you well, know what I mean think, yeah, I, so yeah <laughs> I think it's a perspective thing but no, you know what yeah, I mean fair enough I mean yeah we definitely helped organise a lot of launch parties which can obviously be massively social yeah. but you know another thing I think the industry the gaming industry is really nice um, is that we do inclusive events like once you're in it's really yeah. good like for yeah. example we do PR Mageddon where everyone's invited like PR journalists yeah. developers and like you just everyone can come and drink and meet people that you don't normally see yeah. you know that's really nice I think yeah I think that's actually like the social side of it is like really important for that because you you know the one thing that's levied against games all the time is them being antisocial and them being you know just just not good for you in any way right yeah and but actually like having all these more grown up events around it and getting people down and you're not necessarily having to go and booze or whatever but like no. go to evening events where everyone gets together and chats and hangs out and there's games involved but you know just having like this rounded interest kind of social yeah get together is like something that is should be normal and should be like normalized and and um definitely you know and 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 we and we know that but there's still that attitude of like oh if you play games you don't go anywhere you just sit on your own in a room and, and yeah 100 percent. and it's just not true and you know there's stuff like i think this is probably the third time this has come up now but i had like um ricky haggett who made hohokum and some other things on the show a couple of episodes ago and he mm -hmm. was responsible for well partly responsible for starting at Wild Rumpus which was like the you know just a great like get people around playing these social sort of oriented little games like mm -hmm. the Lion Warbler and um, Ten Year One Year Teams which he made with Keita Takashi which is that weird little oh, you could only play it at a, one of these events and you it's just a silly like button bashing thing and, yeah. and yeah but you know like but you could because you were there with them you can sort of dick about and cheat and kick them out of the way and you know um, <laughs> and like that side of it that side of gaming having a social element which we had when we were kids when there were arcades and stuff mm -hmm. so it's just bringing it to a older audience right but yeah. and that's all like that should all be normal and natural and, and, and actually part of like a PR thing I guess is putting on these events and you know aside from them having the uh, side effect of like promoting well not a side effect the desired effect of promoting the game mm. um, it's all about like helping people make connections which yes. weren't there before yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that is it and um, you know even just outside of like game launches like I, one of the nice things we do is um, EGX and Res, and you know like, things like that, like big gaming conventions. They really help to bring people together who might not necessarily have met before, or even like um, bringing gaming more into mainstream awareness. That you know that we're not all just like forty-year-olds who sit at home, eat in our pants, eating crisps. You know, <laughs> although feel, that is my. I feel weekend. so attacked right now. <laughs> Thank you.
going back to you growing up then. Oh yeah. And um, <laughs> and and linking that into what we we're just talking about attitudes towards games and towards that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You were so just just give me a bit more background on you growing up then. What was life like? Um, <laughs> I think I mentioned it to you before, but like whenever I talk about this, I'm not ashamed by by my upbringing. I'm always embarrassed by like how much of a stereotype I am. Almost <laughs> so everything you're gonna hear from now. <laughs> it might be a stereotype, but it is true. Yeah, sure. Um, but my mum, she was, you know, I love my mum, but she is very strict. She kind of followed that classical um, upbringing where, you know, she came from China. She wants to have her kid to have a good life. So she wants to push me to get the best I can. So for her, that means a career tied to um, money or, you know, prestige. So for her, that means like you become a doctor or a lawyer or a government worker or something like that. So really, this is not what she envisaged for me at all. Like okay. that's not at all. Like my cousin's a neurosurgeon, my brother's a lawyer, and then there's me, <laughs> basically, <laughs> who works in PR in an industry that she doesn't really understand. But um, I, I mean, think what it, does she think of it now? What's like, her, how does she take it, <laughs> as it were? So I really remember, I'll tell you this anecdote, which um, yeah. really illustrates her idea of it when I first started. So um, so when I first got the job, I said, oh, mum, I've got a job. It, it's uh, it's an amazing job. I work in PR and it's in gaming. And uh, there's no, like, my Chinese is terrible. I'm like, I've stopped at the level of like a 16 year old. So there's no direct translation for me to say PR into Chinese. So I was trying to explain around it. So yeah, there's also the language barrier, by the way, which can sometimes be a bit difficult. But um, so I was trying to explain PR to her in a roundabout way. So I was like, oh, it's about communication. And sometimes there's these events. And sometimes at these events there's alcohol. And she was like, right, right, right. Wait, I, I think I get it. I think I get it. So you pour drinks for men. Is that what you do? Yeah. <laughs> and I said, yes, mum. That's exactly what I do. I I'm a geisha. Drinks for men. <laughs> yeah, I'm a geisha. That's exactly what I am now. And, <laughs> Yeah, but that's exactly what she thought. She just didn't really, she was like, video games. And she was like, so you market the launch? And I was like, no, no, it's not marketing. And she went, but I was like, but I do like help to spread awareness of the product. And she was like, no, I don't get it. <laughs> she just yeah, didn't understand. It's going to be like, it, I, even just with parents and that kind of concept anyway, they'll just be like, I don't, Yeah. what? But yeah. that's not what? Because, <laughs> you know, the job, job scene was a lot more limited when they were kids and it was really basic right and just yeah. you know no five jobs types, right and that was <laughs> it you know so that, that kind of thing is really hard to like get across yeah what does so she think she she okay with it is she like has she grown to be okay with it or? she uh she kind of like she was just happy initially that i had a steady job and she was like great she's not on the streets as i feared um you know she's alive um so that was like a <laughs> good thing for her and you know what as I've stayed in this career and you know what I think has really helped is that Indigo Power is such an amazing company and uh, not to you know not to boast but I guess we brought home these awards and for her it's really helped to cement that image in her head that it's an acceptable career it's something that I can you know make a living off and for her that's new and exciting I guess yeah yeah so it's been a really big journey for me and my mum to be honest um, and that's been really nice in a way, just like I see that it, there is other paths. So, just finding this connection now with like games and your career and your life, and happy so days. Were games like always part of your life from a young age, or were you sort of in and out of them? And 
Like, I'd say in and out. Um, yeah. You know, I credit my brother for this. Like, he is absolutely the one who got me started on games. So uh -huh. we obviously had the PS1, yeah. the ultimate console. Please don't argue with me. <laughs> um, it's the startup sound, mate. It's so good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm there, Gary. Oh, wow. It's beautiful. Can't do the last bit. <laughs> anyway, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, like, he already started me on it. Um, I think, obviously, uh, he got me started on fighting games. So one of my favorite games is Fighting Force. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yes. Yes. I love now that game. Now we're talking. Vigilante 9, I think it was. Or was it 7? I can't remember, but Vigilante was amazing Vigilante. as well. What's that? It is, like, it's such a weird mashup, and I don't even know how to is describe it. Is it PS1? It. Yeah, it's PS1. But you are basically, like, secret agents in a car, and you drive around these different uh, locations, and each each car's got equipped with a different special ability, and your goal is just to take down the other cars. But you go, it's such an amazing... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. God, it's incredible. I love that game Could so you get much. out, you jump on the... Is that the one you could jump across and stuff? Or is that yeah, yeah, yeah. You go through things like bell towers and you jump through the middle and you go flying yeah. or like over river bridges. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was, it was yeah, so it's, good. It's just, yeah, I've yeah. got a vague, yeah, vague yeah. memory in my head, yeah. yeah. But the, I say the first serious game that I got started on properly was Final Fantasy IX. That was my first ever proper game. Oh. Yeah, it was a, a big beast for... I don't know, I can't remember what, a 10-year-old to tackle? I remember, like, there's a scene at the start where... Zidane, the main character, is going through like a little play, and then you have to press like a, you just had to press a couple of buttons. But I was so scared of getting it wrong, I redid it like five times. <laughs> I was just like oh, so afraid. And my brother was behind my shoulder, being like, "It's just a start. Let's do it already." <laughs> like, he's like, "Oh my god, it's like 60 hours ago. Please just finish this." It's that thing yeah. when you're that age, everything feels so huge, doesn't it? And yeah. like, you're like, ah, what if this goes wrong? Because you've got no like gauge on what you're, you know, no. what the real consequences are. No, whatever, or like, exactly. That's, and that's also, cool. he's my first ever proper crush. Zidane. From Final Fantasy IX, yeah. <laughs> Still fancy him to stay. He's <laughs> absolutely it. the OG. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, and then obviously afterwards, I played all the other Final Fantasies because just had to. Um, but yeah, like, I think that's my enduring memory of like, part of my childhood and being in the car having a DS very exciting oh I had the Game Boy too yeah so like lots of Pokemon on the way Cooking Mama oh yeah oh yeah nice. so good at that my nice. god you know do you think those do those games inform what you like now still or like have your yeah. taste changed or? I would say so and I when I was a kid as well like anime was such a big part of my childhood so I really gravitate towards like JRPGs yeah. anything that has like a big narrative behind it I think it's really lovely like hmm. I personally when I play a game I want to get lost for like a couple of hours. Uh -huh. You know, I, I'm not really a person who like picks up things and like for a couple of rounds. Like, um, yeah, I'm not like a cod girl. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like fishing in games and stuff like in especially in the like RPGs like fishing and stuff like oh yeah yeah we're, um, as office we're all going to go buy the new Animal Crossing and we're going to build a village together I'm oh, so excited yes. that's going to be a oh my god sweary <laughs> Boozy. Frightening, boozy little village, isn't it? Yeah, we're still trying to come up with a name for it. <laughs> um, you know, I'll keep you posted. It'll be yeah. something to do with porn parodies, I'm sure. I'm Literally sure. just the previous episode with Hoey Lee, she just talked about, um, they've got a, um, I need to say Assassin's Creed, Animal Crossing <laughs> podcast yeah. that they're putting out. It's called Ass Town. Ass Town? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, the other half of Ingo Powell does assets management, and we call them the ass men. The ass man. Nice. The ass man. Nice. Yeah, thank you. Little office joke. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh. So you, so when you've started, so you started Ingo Pearl, you're in, 
you're in the door, your foot's oh, in, in the, the door. door. Yeah. Like, I'm here. Yeah. In the sweary door. Culture fit, yeah. into the sweary door. Enter, <laughs> enter the sweary door. Um, what was like, can you remember some early stuff you worked on that was like... Yeah, Um, I remember doing a lot of reporting. By the way, get used to that because there's a lot of reporting when you get to the door. Doing what, sorry? A lot of reporting. Reporting. Yeah, but I think everyone, you know, starts at that wrong. You have to do that sort of thing. Uh Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, when I first started, actually, kind of amazing. I got put on these big accounts already, although obviously I was doing the basic things like reporting, like Blizzard, for example. Yeah, yeah. That was really crazy to me because I was like, wow, what a Warcraft. The yeah. granddaddy of gaming. The granddaddy. You know? Yeah. It. Was it intimidating to be like, right, you're going to be responsible for this account, which is like a big client? Like, No, because on an account, you usually share a lot of responsibility to someone else. So yeah. um, I knew I wasn't doing the hard part, luckily. <laughs> so that was fine. That was great. Yeah, I was right. like, oh, okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was really interesting, I guess, seeing the mechanics of it, I think, mm. how that works. Like when you first come in, actually, so obviously you're working on just parts of the campaign. You don't really get to see how everything slots together. And for me, like that took a while to sink in, like people around me doing other bits. Um, and it took me a while to realize how a campaign, like a PR campaign like, works, like how it launches, yeah. how um, people make announcements together, uh, how people figure out the timeline of things, you know, depending on the different beats um, and the different kinds of news that they want to talk about. Like, honestly, I was kind of dumb. It took me a long time to figure that out. <laughs> but I'm still here, so I guess I did work it out. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, exactly. So it's like a load of like on the job kind of just learn it as you go almost. it's definitely like, on the on the go and the nice thing about PR definitely I would say is that you don't need any formal education um, I mean it's cool if you go study media or yeah. or PR at university but honestly like a lot of it is dependent on the industry you're going to be in so they can't really teach that and um, obviously the connections that you're going to make so on the go learning is definitely required yeah um, so obviously first of all you do all the big uh, you get in the door you're doing you're on the Excel, obviously. You're doing basic bits like, yeah. um, like reporting. You're not talking to any of the clients because obviously you're way too junior. Uh-huh. And you know what? To be honest, that's quite nice because you don't have that pressure on you anyway. Um, and then as you sort of like get introduced to the other parts um, of responsibilities and things like that, you slowly start to see. Um, maybe you'll pull together a press release and you'll see like what kind of information needs to go into that, um, or you'll see um, people. People looking at the uh, looking at the landscape of releases is really important, like timing, basically. Like obviously, mm. you don't want things to clash. You don't want to announce a game when, for example, Animal Crossing is launching. That's a big day. <laughs> We're all going to be playing that. We're not going to be reading our emails, you know. So it's just things like that which um, you learn, and no one can teach that to you, I don't think, unless you're in the office. talking about um things you're trying to do now with games and like you're talking about like fashion and trying to bring worlds together right and places where like your other interests come in as well and things that you think work together with games because as we were saying there's like some well-dressed people in games right so there's definitely Uh scope for 
kind of bring in those two worlds. Yeah, yeah. You know how we have London Games Festival? We should obviously, and they have fashion, uh, you know, London Fashion Week. We should make those two merge. I would love that. That would be amazing. Like, because there is definitely, (laughs) like, you think about how much, like, there's a lo- lots of games where you can customize your character, right? Mm. And you want to make them look a certain way, and you have the options to, like, and it, that's this, that's basically kind of a fashion thing, right? Yeah. You, you're gonna make them look cool. Yeah. Or they have different skins for stuff, and you know, like. I did ask Robbie yesterday if um, Devolver could make a dress-up game, and he said, "If I make it, they will publish it." So <laughs> that is a promise that's being held now. That's <laughs> yeah, got it. Got it down. Yeah, exactly. Record, yeah, I've got a publisher already. Just gonna make it now. But yeah, so like, what sort of things would you want to do, like, to like bring it together? Like, well, said, like, relating to what I was talking about this morning. So yeah. this morning I went to a panel, which was hosted by um, uh, the Sunday Times style. Uh, entertainment editor so hmm. uh, style is the supplement for Sunday Times and it's very much of like a fashion beauty focus um, so gaming <laughs> so gaming um, is often shunted or like overlooked I feel in the world of like culture which is a bit sad yeah so we are just trying to find um, ways to introduce that conversation towards people who wouldn't necessarily know about it or wouldn't think of covering it because you know music if you think about music or art or film it's such a hot topic for those people they, they find ways to um, talk about it so easily especially if you know the outfits for example in in the film are especially attractive like for example Little Women that's yeah. like a big thing recently uh-huh. but you know we've gaming's had its fashion moments too like for example Louis Vuitton did a Final Fantasy sort of collaboration yeah. Yeah. that was really nice Yeah. Um, and, there's, and there's so many things like Final Fantasy as well has an amazing amazing style like you know and we have cosplay as well that's such a big big topic right now you know we just I feel like yeah gaming gets overlooked a lot and we need to not make it the third wheel basically yeah it's it's like and it's interesting even with those like the the Louis Vuitton thing it's it it gets reported on like oh look at that what a novelty almost like a little like it's a bit of a not silly but like a yeah. Oh, what a crazy thing we did. Oh, look I at know, that. I know, yeah. It's a little circus show that's like wheeled out and yeah, put away again. and then put away. Yeah, there's yeah. no momentum. Well, it doesn't feel like there's momentum into like, well, what else can we do? Yeah. People go, oh, well, no, no, we'll leave it there. That's that's enough. That was fine. <laughs> you know, and like, and like cosplay is like really difficult to do it well. Mm. And people put so much time and effort into it. And, yeah. and like, but it's sort of, Seen, it's separate, isn't it? It doesn't. It it, it almost because of just the name and it, it just sort of being treated as a, a yeah a subculture. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it's not treated as fashion. It is. It's like geek culture, but it's so interesting because like nerd yeah. or geek culture is like so in right now, you know, especially with Marvel. Yeah. And comic books now, it's making like a comeback, but. But it still feels arm's length. It's like acceptable geek culture. Isn't yeah, it? it's exactly. Like it's interesting how well. It's not interesting. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's kind of obvious why <laughs> some bits are cherry picked to be at the forefront of culture. Like, for example, Marvel's. Marvel, so obviously yeah. that's obviously why it's all over our screens, all over our magazines yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like cosplay, even though it's such an amazing fashion moment, it's not really celebrated, and no. I don't know why. No, and it's like because there is so much fashion in games. Like you're talking about Final Fantasy, like the uh, which one is it with the uh, lads on tour in the car? What number is that? 
The, it's the boys. Oh, it's, oh uh, 15. 15, isn't oh, it? Oh, Prompto. What are they called, Liam? Yeah, Prompto. And One of them, yeah. Uh, that was cool because he has the camera and he's... Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah, that's going to appeal to me. But Ignis like, is my babe. Is it he's right, a chef. right, right, Ignis. Yeah. With the, he's got the glasses, hasn't he? Yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. The Did you see that screenshot man. with the... No, no, There's no. an amazing, there's an amazing, like, um, there's loads of talk about how, why it took so long for it to get released. And then someone put a screenshot of Ignis holding his glasses. And through the lens, you can see everything magnified as if it was a real lens. And they were like, because the developers are doing shit like this. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's taking so long. <laughs> the ridiculous detail. That's yeah, really good. That's, I love it, though. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, because you could leave him to take photos on his own, couldn't you? Yeah. And, like, and you could cook in the game. That was amazing. Yeah, cooking. Fucking love food and games. Mama. So that's got cooking mama. It's got fashion. Yeah. That's your game. Yeah, I that's know. That's your game. But you know, they're all they're all. It's all about how they're dressed as well. And like, mm. but then if you started, if you, I almost feel like you want to have something where people are dressed, inspired by those outfits, but not a cosplay. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's really interesting because someone described to me. Final Fantasy 15 as K-pop boy band on tour uh-huh. and I was like that makes perfect sense yeah, because yeah, yeah. like if you look at Korean fashion or like BTS for example like yeah. they are basically dressed exactly the same yeah there's a link there right yeah. Yeah, yeah massively so yeah but yeah I always think that and things like um, even like in fighting games in Street Fighter if you look at a lot of characters yeah. you know the kind of um, you know the kind of the sillier outfits aside like there's some really well-dressed people and Tekken as well. Mm. Tekken is like, like, because he has got like, there's like one, and this has been for years, but he's got like a really slick little purple suit on. Yeah. And it's all like, and his hair's on point and shit. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. Like, it's interesting that there's not been more connections in that sense. Like, yeah. You know what would be so interesting? Like, for example, if you did, you know how Vice always do those things where in, uh, they go, oh, we sent our journalists to Van- London Fashion Week dressed only in charity rags, yeah. tried to pass it off as a designer. Did it yeah. work or not? Yeah, I would yeah. love to be able to send like a cosplayer to London Fashion Week and then be like, see if that would pass. Yeah. And if anyone would think it's like designer or something like that. Yeah, dressed as like, yeah. I'm thinking like uh, Street Fighter, Third exactly. Strike. There's uh, Dudley who's like a boxer and he's got, he's, he's basically, most characters in Street Fighter are based off real people. Yeah. And he's, I think, pretty sure he's meant to be like Eubank, Chris Eubank. Mm. And he, so he's got like a ruffled shirt. Yeah, he's got with the jacket, on. it's lovely. And yeah, he's really smart, and he's got mm. like the really smart ass trousers and and slick. And the boxing hair. gloves, yeah. Yeah, and the boxing gloves, yeah, which is a. We might go for it. It's very outre. I yeah no. Going with the boxing gloves on exactly. as well. Exactly. Well, I wonder like, like if you sent them, if you uh, yeah exactly if you sent someone dressed as that like with the. You could be like, oh, it's an amazing sort of like moment. Like everyone's wearing those lace gloves, but he's gone one step further. He's wearing boxing gloves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like slick boxing gloves. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. Like as you say, like you go in to these things and these events, and you're representing games, or you're not. You know, to them, you are the person oh, there who is representing yeah, games, and then you have to get over that barrier of like the the looks you get the and. Looks. and and I suppose that's like something you have to do elsewhere as well when you're dealing with different people that are maybe slightly outside the game circle when you're trying to like put events on or whatever. Like, mm. how do you like, how do you deal with that? I mean, the quickest way, I'm not, it sounds horrendous, but the quickest way for them to stop raising that eyebrow at you is to name drop and yeah. name drop a lot. Yeah. So, for example, like with MCM Comic Con, we have, we're working with a lot of talent, which is amazing. Like we just announced that Andrew Scott is going to be coming to Birmingham MCM, which is amazing. So if you drop a celebrity name in there, people stop frowning at you really quickly. Yeah, Yeah. which is amazing. But also, like, even some clients (coughs) that you work with, 
some clientele, like the clients that we have are amazing in their own right. Like for example, Blizzard, like I said, Sega, Mm. It's a really great name to drop. Obviously, people, everyone's heard of Sega. Yes. And there's yeah. certain names that are okay. And exactly, like, and which is silly as well, isn't it? In a yeah, way, it's yeah. But I guess in a way, it's that whole thing where you have to sell yourself, and I, and it's not only gaming which has to do that. Everyone, I think everyone has to sell themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So. Just, yeah. I don't take too much offence at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'll let them. I'll let them be. <laughs> Let's talk. You can talk about my shit fan fiction. Shit fan fiction. <laughs> shit jobs. That's the theme of this episode. Yeah. Shit. Shit. The theme is and shit and piss. <laughs> Amazing. And that's Anita, by the way. That is Anita Wong. <laughs> so, colon, shit and piss. What a subtitle. Good lord. That's my uh, future PR company you're talking about. <laughs> It's either a PR company, Shit and Piss. Yeah, yeah. Hi, nice to meet you. I'm from Shit and Piss Studios. We don't shit around and we don't take the piss. Yeah. That's my logo. That's my... No shit. No, it should be no shit, no piss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No shit, no piss. No problem. Love it. Um, <laughs> shit. So more shit. Shit Shit jobs. So before you got into... Yeah. Indigo Pearl. Yeah. Into the wonderful world of video game employment. Uh, there were some land. shitters. There were some shitters. Well, tell me the shittest. My first shit job started right in the family because I had to work for my family's takeaway. And Mm. I remember um, when I wasn't helping my mum and dad out, just with like small things like stacking boxes or like sometimes like on the counter, I would press buttons on a till or something. Yeah. But my mum would write, (laughs) this is the most most stereotypical thing ever, but she would write down, uh, she would make up math problems for me to solve on greaseproof paper. (laughs) So I wow. would have extra homework. <laughs> and I, I remember one time as well, we had a big freezer, which uh, we kept all our groceries, obviously. And my brother locked me in that. So that was amazing. Locked yeah. you in the freezer? He locked me in the freezer because that's what big brothers do, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So thinking, ha, ha, ha. It was hilarious. So Yeah, it um, sounds it, yeah. It's <laughs> so hilarious. And when you're in the dark for 10 minutes, those are the longest 10 minutes of your life. Wow. Any uh, any uh, negative effects from that going forward? Being well, I'm not talking about shit and piss all the time, so that's yeah, definitely... Piss, I yeah. can definitely you know, point the fingers at him to say that he was a <laughs> psychological cause of that. Uh, um, but yeah, no, apart from working at Takeaway, which actually wasn't all that bad. Um, I remember when I graduated university, I worked at Boots, which is, you know, the, the retail company, the pharmaceuticals. Yeah. And they put me on... Um, <laughs> They put me on the holiday section, which is right near the pharmacy. And uh, I was just an ordinary shop girl. Yeah. But people really, really seemed to think that I was a very qualified pharmacist because I would get asked these questions where they would say to me, like, oh, can you take me over to the foot, art, foot stuff? Art? And I'd be like, yeah, sure, here you go. Yeah. I don't know what you have. I'm not about to ask. You can deal with athletes for yourself. No problem. Well, I know where the foot stuff is. Yeah. <laughs> fetish, obviously. Foot fetish. Yeah. That's yes. what they were asking That's me. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. Um, and they would go, oh, oh, can you just hang on a second? I just need to ask you, like, where, what, you know, might be good for me. And I would be like, what do you have? What is the problem? <laughs> and they would take off their shoe and show me. Oh no! Their fucking feet in the shop. In, in the, the middle shop. Of the in shop. the shop. In the shop. And then they were showing me like someone had athlete's foot once, and it was all up around their toes. And oh, oh. I was like, oh. great! And you're just like, well, thanks for showing me. <laughs> 
dinner and a show. That's what it was. Did you ever just yeah. get bored and just like guess? Oh yeah, you'll need uh, some of this. Yeah. See ya. There was uh, someone who came up to me once and said, "Where's laxatives?" And uh, I was like, "Oh, here you go. Here they are." And he was like, "Great, I'm the best man for his wedding tomorrow, and he's wearing a white suit, so." Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, enjoy that. <laughs> it's a really good friend. Yeah. Lovely man. <laughs> Definitely going to heaven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's a variety of shit jobs lead yeah. into... Uh, That's it. Yeah, man. All led the way. Yeah, I, you know, you had to do the time. <clears throat> That's Didn't it. do the crime, it's but... True. Don't do, do the crime. Time. <laughs> I had to do time. Yeah. <laughs> Someone else also showed me their, um, their ulcer, which is great. After leading to toothpaste, wow. yeah, I know. I just people really just love to overshare, yeah. really. You just go, here you go, look at this. It's like, a problem. No thanks. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I think I have that face, I guess. People just want to show me parts of their body. I don't really know. <laughs> I guess. I guess that's what it is. But uh, yeah, you did your time, as we said. I did time. Did the but time. then I reached the promised land, so put, that's put fine. The, you shoveled the shit, and then you got to the promised land. <laughs> yeah. You shoveled a path of shit. Clear path. You will have to count how many times we say shit in this. Episode, uh, yeah, yeah. it'll be shit count at the start. Yeah. Mid, at the start, just to know, just to warn you, <laughs> there is shit count of seventy-three on this one. Um, you shoveled a path through the shit mm-hmm. to the promised land of Indigo Pearl. Yeah, and uh, maybe some slightly better stories from there rather than the being yeah. locked in various places. Although I'm sure that still maybe might happen. Definitely still happens. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I've had some like amazing moments. I would say like. You know, when you're in the midst of it, you you can't tell this is something amazing. Yeah. But, but maybe because I'm, I'm, I've got a lack of foresight. Who knows? But like, I remember yeah. being around for the launch of Overwatch, and that was that was fucking incredible. That Even was though, big. I mean, that, obviously, that was a big thing, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but how much did you do on that, you guys? As in, we, in the yeah, we general? ran it from start to finish. Did launch. you? Yeah. Oh, did you really? And we're going to be around for Overwatch two as well. Oh, oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it must have been a lot of work. Like. Was it quite a demanding? Did they ask for a lot from the launch? They, you know what? Like, um, they honestly were really, really good throughout that campaign. Um, they, they were very clear about what they wanted, like getting people into the beta, for example. Yeah. Um, interviews and things like that. Um, hmm. example, um, getting people access. Like, it was very, very clear steps all on the way. But okay. obviously, that's because they're a pretty tight ship that they yeah. run so that yeah. was amazing um, but I, you know when you're in the middle of it you just can't tell how, how amazing it is mm. and I remember like working onto it and being like just being like oh this Overwatch thing it's like it's like, kind of taking off isn't it <laughs> <laughs> like, like oh it's kind of good isn't it oh, oh it's great people care yeah yeah, yeah. oh it's, it's amazing that people actually respond to my emails it's so wonderful yeah. <laughs> this happens um, yeah. and I remember that being on the launch day um, we had uh, a series of interviews in the morning so that was amazing um, we had dev te- the dev team guys come down from California they came down to do interviews with like some journalists mm. and everyone hung around for the big party afterwards and we had a Tracer cosplayer and and like I don't know we, we, it was in a W hotel so it was like a really nice nice place nice hotel very yeah. futuristic yeah, yeah. I just remember looking around and being like wow this is actually a thing like this is crazy and um <laughs> Amazingly, actually, before the party took off, I was talking to the Tracer cosplayer, who was amazing. She uh, gave her the costume, she went to the bathroom to change, and she came out and she said, Anita, do you mind just coming with me to the bathroom? <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is a first for me, but I'll, I will do that, <laughs> that's sure. fine. And she went, look at my crotch. And I went, oh, okay, I will, 
I'll do that too. Okay. okay. No problem. And she was like, I've got the worst camel toe. And I was like, oh, <laughs> right. I see. I see. Because even though the Blizzard costume, which was official, was very nice. Oh, it was also really, really thin. Yeah. And she said to me, rightfully, she went, I don't think it's very professional to go out in a room full of 40 middle-aged men with no, massive no, camel toe. No. And I was like, you are right about that. So I had to go to M&S to buy her some nice sturdy underpants men's underpants I bought her two oh, pairs right. <laughs> two pairs she wore them on top of each other underneath the costume and Got there she go can I just say that is uh, if someone ever asked me can you describe a problem and how you solved it <laughs> I will tell that story yeah. that's the story I will tell in all interviews yeah. well there's yeah. like classic interview questions yeah, yeah yeah what did you do I went out and bought some an, pants an unexpected problem yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly it's and a good one thank it's you it's a good one creative solutions thank absolutely. you very much absolutely <laughs> uh, yeah yeah um, yeah, because it, but like you know, following up on that <laughs> in a more general uh, yeah. way, yeah, um, that is must be kind of the cut and thrust of the job, right? Is like you you have these plans, mm-hmm. something's going to happen, and you've got to be kind of pretty resourceful and 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 and, and not panic, <laughs> yeah, as best you can, and be like, right, what can we do here and stuff, like, and yeah, and I think because PR is so reliant on current topics as well, like you really have to. You really have to adapt really quickly, especially with an agency. Yeah. Um, I think, like, I could be wrong. I'm, I've never worked in uh, within a studio in my life. Uh-huh. I've always been in an agency. So. Yeah. And that's another thing as well, like, um, the difference between studio PR and like, agency PR. That's Okay. Yeah, that's, like, a big deal. Um, yeah, you have to be pretty agile, I think. You have to kind of do these workarounds. And especially with indie devs, of course, because um, it's so hard on them with such small teams. Production schedules can fall behind. And they don't have the support that they need, you know. Yeah. Um, so things can shift really quickly. Um, release dates can get pushed back so suddenly. You just don't know. So everything that you might... You might have been talking to someone, like a journalist, about a big interview that they could do. Or you've, you've set up several um, type of features. And suddenly you have to say, I'm really sorry, guys, but we're going to have to pull these back you know right, for a yeah. different time and it's just the way it is but the best thing about gaming is that everyone's so nice they mm. understand they understand why you're doing this you're not obviously being a dick you're not trying to dick them over uh-huh. um, you know things just happen so much. that's in- interesting to me like the difference between is well is there a difference between um, you've got a big company who are mm-hmm. really well run they're a tight ship like Blizzard who are just kind of you know they're yeah. behemoths right <laughs> or they're a behemoth. Behemoth? <laughs> is it behemoth or behemoth? I say behemoth, but behemoth? I could be very wrong. Behemoth. I'm a, behemoth. I say behemoth. sidewalk sometimes, so I'm a deeply wrong person. It's just a weird behemoth. Eh, eh, eh. <laughs> it sticks in your gob, doesn't it? But yes, behemoth slash behemoths, mm-hmm. like Blizzard. Yeah. Right? Um, compared to a smaller, when you take on like a smaller indie company, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, being being kind not, not not being horrible about it but like is there more hand-holding with them and is there more to do with like a indie company who um you know they're, maybe they just started up so they're full of like talented people but they don't have that kind of marketing side like how they don't know how to put the game out there or yeah. to talk talk about it or to get it in front of the right people blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah i mean uh, like, it's really it's it's really interesting working with um indie devs directly obviously because like Uh you said um, a lot of them are relying on us to be able to you know give our professional experience or advice to say like Mm. this is a difference between PR and marketing this is uh, is the sort of timing I think you should be looking at Um, this is what we can help you with and or if we can't help you with that who are the right contacts who could possibly Yeah. you know um, 
It's really nice being able to um, talk to them directly because it's much more of a collaborative process, I find. Yeah. Um, and they're usually budget is a different topic obviously but like yes. usually they're much more open to creative solutions for example like <laughs> I love that like, yeah exactly I mean like I mean Devolver Indie Darlings obviously but uh -huh. like you say something crazy to them and if you can say look I see this as having value because it's going to pull off XYZ they'll be like yeah fuck it let's do it yeah you know? yeah that's really cool that's a good pairing isn't it like yeah like Devolver and Inigo Pearl have had a good sort of uh, we're like relationship, best friends right? yeah, 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 yeah yeah you fit together because the attitudes are there and then yeah. you come up with those like cool an old married couple who's growing tired of each other yes <laughs> <I'm joking>. <laughs> 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 over time <laughs> what's the phrase content um Familiarity breeds, breeds con contempt. Oh, yeah. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Can't say that too many L's. That familiarity <laughs> breeds contempt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it's it's that kind of it's important to have that role. Yeah. Because there are people with great ideas, with games, and the, and loads of talent, but they just once it's done, they don't know what to to do. Yeah. Do, with yeah. It, yeah. And without that, the place can sink right completely. Mm. It's it's like yeah, exactly. And then he said, "Mad vital." <laughs> it's mad, mad vital, vital mate. Yeah? yeah. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean, mate? Yeah. 37. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's very vital. It's inc incredibly vital to the <gasps> success of the. Uh, when I, when I get angry on my on the phone, I get really posh. Like do you? Really posh. Oh, do you? Yeah, I, use, I start using a Queen's English. Oh, do I you? don't know why. It's just like reflex. Oh, I know. I have to, I'll have to look out for that. You know, every, you know, everyone's got a phone voice. Yeah. Um. I mean, you must have a phone voice. I, I put them, I, I'm like, hello, Indigo Pearl. Yeah, it depends who's, who's phoning, yeah. Yeah, if it's exactly. Like something, I'm going to go, oh, yes, okay. Yep. Yes, lovely. Yeah, see you later. Yeah, great. Let me circle back to that. Thank you so much. Cool. Yeah, that was a great, that's great, some great synergy right there. Yeah, thank that's, you. Thank you. Yeah. That's great synergy right <gasps> there. Yeah. <laughs> Disgusting. Just busting Disgusting. out those phrases. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, it's awesome working with um, indie devs. And um, yeah, I think the difference is you know not in a terrible way but yeah more hand holding yeah like there's just let general generally less explanation that has to go around um if i say to someone like i mean every industry's got their own jargon right obviously mm. so if i said to someone i'm going to precede this like people are like what what does that mean yeah. it, it obviously means to me obviously yeah. not to anyone else obviously. Yeah, yeah. to me it means giving someone the heads up before the news goes live to everyone else right so, okay yeah. there we go that was some yeah some jargon gems of wisdom I've just given I to you I feel it burrowing into my head now <laughs> I feel so wise <laughs> so wise yeah it's interesting it is such an important role it's that it's a it's a piece of the puzzle yeah and again further proof that we need people in the industry from all over because um, there's so many roles that can be filled so yeah. like you know it's important to spread that out to uh, or offer that out to as many different people, as many different kinds of people as possible to say. Yeah, like I, I, if you if you want to do PR, do you games PR. I did it. Anyone can fucking do it. I can. <laughs> Jesus, go and do it. Definitely would recommend. Ten out of ten. If I can do it, anyone. <laughs> Absolutely. That, I sponsor this message. Anita Wong approves of this. <laughs>